Welcome to Strip It Back, the podcast which helps to simplify life and live in the moment with Joanne Panetta and Renee Talia. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Strip It Back, another fabulous episode ready to share with you all. How are you today, Renee? I'm going really well. I'm super pumped for our episode today. We have another beautiful soul here, a soul sister of mine that I have known for 10 years, I think, and I can't wait to... Bring her to everyone's ears and you'll notice that she has a beautiful accent. Jess, I don't know what I was about to say then. (laughs) Jess, how are you? Good, good, thanks. Very excited, very excited to be here. Um, Yeah, I'm ready. So thrilled to have you on as a guest, Jess. And uh, we've certainly been manifesting strong, amazing, incredible women coming on to our podcast. And I couldn't think of a more perfect example than you, my dear. So welcome to Strip It Back. And just as we always do, let's just have a chat about life, learn a little bit about you and, um, you know, just share where we're at in our journey and, uh, yeah, a little bit of our story. So for those of you listening, um, I'm sure you're wondering who Jess is and what she's all about. So if we were to ask you, Jess, to describe yourself in um, three words, what would they be and um, why? Um, it's, this is such a funny question. I literally was just talking about this with my fiancé yesterday and he was, we were saying three words that we would – he would use to describe me in the working environment and then three three words he would use to describe me in my personal life because now that's all blended and he sees both and anyway so um they were different words to what i would use but um i would say i'm ambitious um and i would say i'm a bit wooey um and um, third one is probably empathic. So those are probably my three words if I had to choose. Oh, I love it. Yes, 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 yes. I would say <laughs> it's all of those. Yeah. And definitely I'm going to go with unpacking. I hope you don't mind, Joanne. Ambitious. I'm going to go Lovely. there because you are, for that. me, if there's a woman that is going to get something done, you are that person. Uh, Jess, I think we need to dive in first how we met and how you know Joanne because I think that this is going to initially, people are going to hear from your journey just how you've changed things and roll with it and it doesn't just come by sitting, twiddling your thumbs. It comes from an ambitious person. Yeah. Yeah. So... um uh, where do I even begin? So I am American, obviously, with this accent, although I will say Americans think I sound Australian, so I tend to tell people I'm hovering over the Pacific. Um, but about 10 years ago, I moved to Melbourne as a teacher, and that's where I met Renee at Roxburgh Rise Primary School. Um, and Renee was one of my first friends here, and we just clicked right away. And at At that time, Renee was also going through a big life moment. Um, So we just had a bit of a connection right from the start. Mm -hmm. And 
met Renee teaching, taught for a few years, um, and then moved into very randomly working at NAB in their um, sponsorship team. And I was managing the AFL sponsorship, which was very bizarre and such a weird um, jump from teaching. But I think, you know, I tell everyone I was really lucky, but it's probably just stars aligning that an ex-teacher hired me. So I, I was able to squeak into the corporate world because she understood all of those transferable skills that a teacher could bring to a corporate lifestyle. And so I moved into NAB and I was there for a short time. And then I decided to get a master's in corporate philanthropy. So while I was working at NAB, I started to do a bit of work with the team that gave grants to nonprofits. And I realized that a lot of them didn't have much experience in the nonprofit world and couldn't really speak the language between the two sectors. Um, so I went back to the US, got a master's in social work and business, um, and found myself at Google very shortly after graduating from that master's. Um, Google has an amazing corporate philanthropic arm, so it was always my goal to work at Google.org, which is that arm, and I gave it 10 years. It was my 10-year goal, and within two years, I was at Google.org in San Francisco after being in Sydney with Google, um, found myself at Google.org. Wasn't what I had hoped and dreamt it would be. It was quite an interesting experience, but was able to recalibrate, and I came back to Sydney, still with Google in a different job, um, and... Now I'm still at Google in Sydney, but even with a more dream role than I could have expected, which I created and I would dare say manifested for myself at Google. Um, but along that journey is when I met Joanne. So uh, in 2016, when I was working at Google in the US, I had just started there. Um, I went over to visit Renee in Singapore on one of these, you know, need a girlfriend trip, I need to get out of this small town I was in, where can I go? And Renee was like, get over here, just get to Singapore. Um, so I met Joanne. And we also hit it up because Renee had surrounded herself with all of these beautiful souls in Singapore. And that's kind of my journey in a really high level nutshell. <laughs> Amazing. I remember that trip really vividly. And I remember Renee saying, oh my goodness, my gorgeous friend Jess is coming over. No doubt, you two, oh, you'll, you'll, you'll just love her. You'll get along so well. And um, you nailed it, Renee. Once again, you know, who we choose to um, keep company with. And it, it just is this beautiful group of people that are so open and receptive. And uh, I would say that meeting you, Jess, was such a, such a beautiful, beautiful experience because we are so similar. And the conversations, even from that moment to how they've evolved now are incredible. Mm -hmm. I think I remember my favourite moment was we went for dumplings at Dim Tai Fung, like an institution in Singapore, and then we <laughs> went to the Grand Prix, yeah? We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. we danced was, our little laughs away. It was so yeah. much fun. That was a pivotal night for me um, on a very personal level. And then one of my favourite memories, Joe, was the next morning when the three of us met up for breakfast or brunch um after having been out for the night um but yeah that was that was truly one of the best nights ever um, yeah 
was great. You really, you really, um, yeah, you just embraced every moment. Now, you talked about some um, some really significant and phenomenal changes in your career. It's it's quite amazing as you sit there and unpack this journey from teaching to then evolving and understanding that wasn't quite your calling to then going and getting your master's, re reaching your goal. Um, I think that's incredibly powerful. You said, um, if I retract back, I got to what I wanted to and it wasn't quite what I expected. Mm. Um, how amazing to be able to recognise that. So when you had that moment of, so I'm here, I've hashtag reached my goal and it's kind of not what I wanted. What did you have to do in order to, I guess, change the path? That would be really fascinating to unpack. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was an interesting moment. I, I, I've worked really hard to not have expectations of things and people, but I did find that I had a lot of expectations of San Francisco and living in that new city in the U.S. I also had a lot of expectations of this job and this team. Um, because it's what I had come to Google to do. And so um, when I got there and it wasn't the culture I had hoped for, it wasn't the job I had expected, I didn't like the city. I didn't like being back in the U.S. Um, I really struggled. And I um, took a step back. And there really was a moment where I had applied for another job in the U.S. Still at Google thinking, oh, I'll just stay here. I've made some good friends. Like, I don't want to go back to the exact job I had in Sydney, so I'll just try and find something here. And I didn't get the job, and I just thought, like, what the fuck? <laughs> How did I not get that job? What am, I, what am I doing? What am I supposed to be doing? And so uh, in that moment, I just kind of went, all right, and took a step back. And my favorite quote in the world is, when you're on your right path, the universe conspires to help you. So I have this theory that whenever something's really hard and I'm getting told no and doors are getting shut in my face or like something's locked and I can't open it, it's not meant for me. So I just kind of took a step back and went, all right, I'm not meant to stay here. I'm not meant for this job. I'm not meant for this team that I thought I was supposed to be on. But like, please show me a light, open a door and I'll walk through it. I'm ready. And as soon as I did that and I was totally okay with the situation I had found myself in, in that lost feeling, as soon as I came to terms with that and was just willing to accept that there was a different path for me, a door opened and a job became available back in Sydney. I moved here. I met my now fiance. I adopted my dog. And like life just fell into place. And it was truly amazing. I love this and yeah. I just love that you've hit now the woo-woo part of the description <laughs> that you have started yeah. with, Emma, but, you know, to, to be able to surrender and hold that space for yourself and let whatever needs to come in to be visible for you and yeah. then it took that ambition to take that next opportunity and that, I admire that so much about you, you know, the fact that we started, like you said, you were a teacher, not even primary school trained. We weren't meant to really meet. You were high yeah. school trained. Yeah. And somehow the universe provided me this gorgeous friend. Yeah. <laughs> and you're on this journey of life and yeah. allowing the, the doors to open for you. And I think we need to come back to, you know, some of those things like why did you choose to go into that field that you studied 
um, leading into coming into working for Google now? Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you had told me when I was getting my undergrad degree in education that I would end up at Google doing social impact and corporate philanthropy, I would have not understood how I was going to make that path in life and how I would end up there. Um, But when I was teaching, I was really involved with Special Olympics in Melbourne and I was the swim coach there. Um, And I had my first glimpse of true impact in people's lives. And not that teaching doesn't, but for me, I really resonated with the swimming piece and working with adults with disabilities. And so I found that really not only a passion project of mine, but really impactful. And I thought I could do this in life. I could have impact every day and feel really fulfilled with what I was doing. And I wasn't feeling that teaching. So I moved at, moved into NAB um, just out of a sheer whim, just didn't know what I wanted, but it wasn't teaching. And so, like I said, was hired by an ex-teacher. Um, and when I was there, I, yeah, started working with a corporate philanthropic team. And looking back, had I not had that experience at NAB, I would not have gotten my master's and I would not be at Google now. So it's all connected upon reflection, but not at the time. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. But you let go nevertheless. And I love that. And there's empathy part where, you know, you, I admire that, doing a teaching job you went there to serve again and knowing that you knew that wasn't right for you so you were just going to step out and I think we get a lot of teachers listening to us I don't know teachers follow teachers and there are people that want to take a different leap or do want to try something and that can be quite a daunting process so scary any Mm. advice that you would give I, I mean, I always knew I wasn't going to be a teacher forever. I got an undergrad degree in teaching because I wanted to live abroad and I thought they need teachers everywhere and I had teachers in my family and um, I enjoyed the aspect of teaching. So I got a degree in it and very quickly moved to Australia and, and found that that was um, a fantastic first job, though I would never do it again. Um, it's giving me every single, like, professional, um, talent that I have now from time or, you know, time management and organization and behavior management and stakeholder relationships and listening and being able to direct my responses to, you know, tailor them to the audience versus the thought that I had, I mean, just everything about my life now has come from teaching. So I'm so glad I did it. Um, Advice for thinking about changing jobs. I've done it a lot. Um, Even within Google, I've had five jobs in four years, which is crazy to even think about. Um, But I think you just really need to be true to yourself and, and, acknowledge am i happy day in and day out doing this job and there's difference between being happy and being stressed or you know having a tough moment in time but like 
genuinely am I happy? Do I like telling people what I'm doing every day? Do I feel good about the job I'm delivering? Um, and it's really scary. Like I, I don't like sitting in the unknown and yet I continually do it to myself. So, well, I don't know what that was. I love that you say <laughs> that. Yes, it's really scary, but you take a leap anyway. Oh, so, so much. That for me is like that little, it's really scary, but I'm just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> because when you, um, when you surrender to and when you accept the tension and the conflict and the fear, you step into a space of possibility and mm -hmm. magic and opportunity and, and I'm actually in the moment in this very present moment doing a lot of work around that so to hear you say that just fills my body with so much joy and fear holding on to something just because it's what you know mm. is a really big um, I guess deterrent for people who are wanting to step out and try something new I resonate and connect with so many things that you say Jess and as you're very aware I'm on that journey now of I have worked in the travel industry. Now I, uh, then I moved into teaching. Now I'm stepping up into the role of the well-being adjustments around teaching. Mm -hmm. And I'm very transparent in saying the system of education for me, I'm still not sure if that's where I fit. So I'm opening up and surrendering to that fear and that tension of, well, what else can we create? And um, Strip It Back for me is a manifestation of that. This podcast is an exact example of what teaching and inspiring and serving can be. So I can kind of see so many links and connections to what you're saying and acknowledging the skill set we have as um, educators and how that's transferable is phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I know I am so certain that our listeners are going to take so many pearls of wisdom from what you said. Um, you're an inspiring woman for many reasons. Not only is your career successful, and I love that you talked about ambition and woo-woo, because hello, don't we all have it? Um, <laughs> so, so good. I think the most exciting part for me is the transition you've made as a woman in regards to falling in love with yourself, opening your heart and being brave, and the journey that you've been on on a personal aspect. And if you feel comfortable unpacking a little bit about that, because I know we've got some links in that world, mm. um, it'd be really beneficial to hear from you about change and transition when it comes to self and others. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So I think... Um at the same time of being unsure with my career and moving countries, um, I was also in a very long-term relationship with an Australian, um, which is what brought me to Australia in the first place and why I met Renee. And so, um, you know, again, everything happens for a reason and he was what brought me to Australia to begin with. Um, and we were together almost seven years. Um, and then when I went back for my master's, he came over on a green card and was able to move there. Um, when he came over, he was not a happy human, wasn't happy in the US, wanted to go back to Australia. So um, that was right when I was finishing my master's and I just thought, that's fine. And it's what's so interesting is I got technically my master's as a master's in social work. And so Part of a master's in social work is not only um, learning how to be a therapist, but also doing a lot of therapy on yourself and work on <laughs> yourself. And I came out of that degree a different person than when I went in. I really was 
um, so much more empathic and patient and um, just in tune with emotions of others and myself. And so when he was so unhappy in the U.S., um, I found it very confusing and I didn't understand why because we had been working to getting him over there. But at the same time, you know, I was coming into this new stage of my life and I had just gotten a job at Google in the U.S. And so I thought, go back to Australia. Absolutely okay. We'll make it work and you just need to be happy because I'm really happy. So um, he left and went back to Melbourne um, and I stayed in the U.S. and worked at Google and we were still together very much so. Um, but, you know, he was trying to see what he needed to do to be happy with himself. Um, and long story short, there was an affair and it was a very long and ongoing affair that I had no idea about. And so when that came to light, my world crumbled. I was a shell of a human. I had no idea who I was without him. I didn't know how to function in life. Um, we had just been a part of each other's life for such a long time. And, and not only that, but my whole future in my head was with him. And so it was changing memories I had with him because he hadn't been faithful in that time. And so I had a different memory than he did. And at the same time, it was changing the future that I thought I was going to have. And so really spent two years um, coming back to myself and building myself back piece by piece into who I am as a human. I had lost myself in that relationship and I did not know who I was anymore. And I didn't know how to be happy with just myself. And so I spent a long time rediscovering myself and um, really investing in me and my happiness instead of someone else's. Um, and it was not easy. I think I, I say to everyone, it's the worst, best thing that ever happened to me because it truly was the worst moment, hopefully, not good, of my life. Um, and yet I'm, I'm so much happier today than I ever was with him. And um, I think probably the biggest thing that came out of it besides that self-happiness is just I'm so much more able to feel love from others than I was when I was with him. Like I always knew I had friends that loved me and I always knew that my parents loved me, but I never, I never really felt it. And I, I can't quite explain it more than that, but I love that. Yeah. It's when you are taking that time to really honor yourself and love yourself, then are you able to really take on the love of others around you? And I'm just looking at both of you beautiful women on this screen and just knowing that each of us at some point have had this dark soul of the night, you know, happen in, in different ways. And, you know, Jess, when we first met, uh, it was a very similar story that you were picking up me in a very um, vulnerable state of a relationship breakdown of about a similar time. And it's really interesting that at each point, you know, you've, you evolve and worst, best thing, you find the most important person yourself 
and mm. then you're able to harness and find this tribe and your vibe honestly attracts your tribe i love that saying and you two beautiful women i can think of two better soul sisters to have in my life um yeah and that i know was a pivotal point of you coming to visit when in singapore when you got to meet joanne yeah yeah when i went to singapore you know my therapist and i always talk about that trip as being a pivotal moment in that journey for me and you know whether it was like the one night stand that i had for the first time ever <laughs> or if it was um meeting these women that renee had surrounded herself with that had been through something similar and i could look at them and go i'm gonna be okay like they're okay they're thriving they're doing all these amazing things and i'm not there yet but i'm going to be okay and i didn't have those women around me back in the u.s and i didn't have that same tribe and so it was hard for me to see the light because i was in such a dark place and you know people tell you you'll be okay but it's different when you see someone that's been through it and so to visit renee in singapore and meet joe where you know she was also surrounded by these beautiful women who had been through similar instances in relationships and, and coming to themselves and finding themselves again. I just felt like I'm going to be okay. And I really walked away from that trip a different person than I did when I arrived. It's different uh, discovering yeah. something for yourself than being told. Yeah. Yeah. As you were as you were sharing that story, like you can hear in my voice, I'm quite emotional because you know the connection is insane. And um, <clears throat> as people listening to strip it back, know that story was my story too, right? Um, and oh wow! And I'm just crying these tears of joy because it was almost like I was sitting back and listening to myself. Um, and you know, I was married when you came to Singapore and I remember sitting there going, Oh, the poor love. She'll be okay though. Yeah. Like, yeah, everything will be fine. And I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get it. And then when it happened to me, you were one of the people that supported me tenfold. I remember coming to Sydney to see you and just looking at you and saying, I didn't get it, but I get it now. And I know I'm going to be okay because of you and because of watching you and Renee and, again, these women that have been through this. And I'm so incredibly proud um, of the journey of all of us. And, yeah, it just overwhelms me that we have such a sisterhood that we do. And I think the thing that links us all is we really, really love ourselves. We are whole and complete. We are whole and complete as individuals. And the men that we have in our life now are men that get that. And, oh, and it's just magic. Like you said something like I didn't think, something about loving yourself or feeling love. Like, oh, my God, like there's yeah. so much love for myself and my friends and everything. So there's just so much power in what you shared, Jess. And I hope that if anyone listening to this is going through this moment of oh my god there's no one who gets how i'm feeling surround yourself with women who get it it will empower you in a way that you have no idea they'll hold space for you that's beautiful which is exactly what the three of us have done for each other which is amazing 
Definitely. And I think, you know, what I also found really interesting in the um, self journey that I went on was that I had different women in my life that I went to for different needs. So I had those that were really angry about what had happened. And when I was feeling angry, I could reach out to them and they would be angry with me and angry for me. I had those that would listen, that would not offer any advice but would just listen, and sometimes I just needed that. And I had those that were really sad. And so, you know, you you find these friends and comrades in your life that can provide those moments for you when you need them. And for me, I was very quick and able to um, compartmentalize and acknowledge those emotions and feelings, but I think that's because... I had just left that degree, and so I had practiced that with others, and so I was able to do that for myself, but it's also not very easy. But when I was able to, I could go to those people in my life, and I just found that that was really, really useful way for me to cope and to grow. Mm, it's finding yourself but not having to do it alone, mm. leaning on that tribe. That's right. Mm. So good. So good. Now, Jess, you did mention um, the F word, actually both times, the, the, the one I love so much, <laughs> fuck, fuck, and then fiancé. <laughs> they go together, yeah, go. really. <laughs> um, they do. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a sucker for a good love story. And, yeah. um, you know, oh, I, just, I just need to unpack that again with you and, and the journey that you're on now because, you know, fiancé means that there might be a wedding coming up. Uh, hello, how exciting. Can you talk us through a little bit about, you know, you've stepped into this strong, sassy, amazing woman. You've called in a man who is just delicious, you know, and gets it. And now you're embarking on a beautiful journey together. Share the love, lady. Let's go. Yeah. So um, when I left, San Francisco and came back to Sydney with Google. Um, within a week's time, my life had totally changed. I met my now fiance. I adopted my dog literally in two days, actually. So um, my therapist says it best. And when I adopted my dog Zelda, that was Saturday, and two days before I had gone on my first date uh, and hooked up with my now fiance. Um, and my therapist said to me, it's interesting when you opened your heart to Zelda, someone else came in at the same time. And it's so true. I was ready for a dog and I was ready for someone else and something else to come in to my heart and my life. And I truly believe I manifested Nelson. And, um, you know, wooey me or not, um, I think there's so much power in however you believe manifesting should take place. But for me, it's writing down exactly what you want and putting it to the universe and trusting that it's going to happen and not thinking about it again and just knowing that it'll come. Um, and so I had done that right before I came back to Sydney. And my first day back at Google, Matt Nelson, who also works at Google. Um, and... Here we are now, about a year and a half later, engaged and planning to get married next May. So it happened fast, but, and I hate this saying when it's right, you just know, but it, it's so true for me. And it doesn't happen for everyone, but 
it is so true for me. I think, yeah, I used to want to punch people in the face when they used to say that to me too. But, uh, and I'm not that way inclined. If you've ever met me, I'm all about the love. But it was just one of those, how do you know? But I think it comes back to when you're right in, your, in yourself yeah. and that person that aligns and it's just like it's in flow. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to describe. And it's back to that, like, I'm yeah. laughing because Joe did that with Renee. Like I, I remember sitting on the beanbag talking to Joseph, Renee's husband. And you know, when you said, write it down, like he literally talks about how he did that and got Renee in his life. So yeah. I'm sitting there going, Oh my God, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just goes back to that. Like when doors are closing and things are really hard, that path you think you're supposed to be on is not right. So just taking mm -hmm. a step back and breathing and going, okay, something else mm -hmm. is going to come into come into my life and I don't know when I don't know where I don't know how but it's not what I thought it was and just being open to that um because it just it just flows with Nelson it just is like and I say that and he probably has a much harder time putting up with me than I do with him because he's amazing um but I feel like I won the jackpot so yeah he's divine there is one noticeable thing that i obviously have seen you in both relationships but i think a core component that i love about nelson is that he really gets you mm. and also gets what living away from home must feel like yeah yeah definitely yeah nelson uh, grew up in hong kong and um, whilst he is Australian and was born in Sydney, he spent most of his life in Hong Kong before returning to Sydney for uni. Um, and, you know, as such, his parents were away from Australia for 20-ish years, and he was away from them for about 10. And something really important to my identity is being an expat. And not everyone understands the uh, intensity and complications and uh, difficult moments that being an expat can bring whilst it's amazing. And I, I obviously have chosen the life of being an expat. Um, it's really hard. And I'm finding it doesn't get easier in life. It actually gets harder. And the more of these big life moments I have, like getting a dog or getting engaged and my parents and family not being here for it so hard but because Nelson did you know have parents far away and his family were expats for a long time he gets it and his family gets it and that just makes it so much easier to connect and to be upset in those moments when they when you know a normal Australian who was marrying an Australian would be really happy and be able to celebrate with family. So, um, yeah, he just gets it and it, it mm. makes my life so much easier and our relationship way mm. stronger and healthier. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm. I love it. We're just all nodding, getting the expat thing here. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely is beautiful that he's able to hold that space for you in yeah. times where yeah it does be it suck to not be home in the physical form with Definitely. with your family yeah mm. and i think you know his parents moved back a few months ago and i'm really struggling with the fact that his are here now and mine aren't 
Um, and his mom, when we got engaged and I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm really excited, obviously, but I'm feeling a bit upset because I am so far away from my family who I'd love to have a celebratory dinner with. Um, and she just gave me a really big hug and was just like, you know, we get it. We totally get it. We've, we've been far away from our family too for a long time. So that was really special to me that he not only gets it, but his, his parents do it as well. And what I could hear there was she wasn't trying to jump in and fix it and rescue you and be like, oh, but this can happen. It was like, I just get it. Yeah. Just holding space for you, that you know, and I think that that's really quite magical when someone can just understand and not have to fix or solve or, you know, try and compensate and make up for something. How refreshing. And to have that with your fiancé and his family is, is really special. So... It looks like you're creating, and I know for sure that you're creating a really transparent and open, beautiful life with some very incredible people, and you've manifested and you deserve that more than anyone. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, mm. it was good. How it's, magic. I'm, I, you know, being this ambitious, like, driven person, I always think about the future, like, what's next? Where am I going next? What am I doing next? And it's, mm. you know, I find it hard to sit in the present. Uh, however, I have found that since being engaged and truly in like the world we're in now with isolation and uh, not being able to go anywhere and plan and do things for the future, um, I'm finding uh, sitting in the present much easier. I just feel really fulfilled with what I have right now at this point in time. Uh, mm. So that's been a, a new experience for me. But. Amen, sister. I love that because I think we fill our lives with so much doing that sometimes I mean, it's taken this <laughs> special time to really hone in, but then to be able to sit in that and come back to that present moment, yeah, you'll be able to now have something to refer on yeah. when we are allowed to be back out there in the physical form. Yeah, Thank you, Jess, beautiful. so much for sharing. Aww. This has been amazing. And each time, oh, so inspiring. Love it. <laughs> uh, we need to wrap it up now. And like we do always on our Strip It Back episode, mm -hmm. we like to reflect on the simplicities of life and something that is a small win for us each day. So... Have you had a little small win in your life today that you can share with us? I have. So being American, um, I really miss Cinnabon, which is this horrific chain, like, bakery, fake bakery, bakery, I guess, that um, <laughs> makes these, like, huge, thick, gluteny, carby, deliciously sweet cinnamon, like, rolls, but they're huge. So anyway, my uh, fellow American colleague made some last week that resembled the U.S. Cinnabon version, shared with me the recipe, and I went over to her house today to borrow some yeast that she had bought, and I also found bread flour, which is very hard to find, um, and I'm going to attempt to make these Cinnabons today. Ooh. Send us a photo when you, get, when you do that. I will. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. I love oh, that. Yum. Yeah. How good's a snack? Mm -mm. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. Oh, so, so good. good. What about you, Joanne? 
Um, I have, yeah, my small win today was I've been um, working with my coach and, and chatting about life and we were talking about this concept of, you know, manifesting and surrendering to something greater and it's been a really cool journey and there was this one line that came out of our session that has just resonated with me and I've been using it like, I want this or something greater. Like just that, you know, as a person who fixates a lot on the future and can sometimes have blinkers on for, I want, um, I want this outcome in my career. I want this outcome in my home. I want this outcome in my life. Just saying I want that or something greater just opens up to the beauty of what we would call, I guess, our woo-woo-ness um, and just surrendering and being free. So um, I want this or something greater is my small win. Just understanding that and really feeling it in my heart and being like, yeah, that's exciting. I love that. Yes. Mm. I'm going to use that and something greater. Yeah. And what about you, Renee? What's your small win for today? Uh, on, the, on the food front, I this morning have started to stew apples because it is the season that apples are in and I don't deal well with raw and they were delicious. I added a little bit of cinnamon to them and I am a fan. I am going to be doing that a lot more and they felt good. So that was my little small win for today. Awesome. I love a good food small win. You know how I feel mm. about snacks. <laughs> I'm hungry now. We're here in the house for a lot. You mean, I'm thinking about my next meal when I'm still eating my first one. So am I. I'm like, I want a Cinnabon now. I'm going to go and Google what they look like and see if I can replicate it. Yum. It feels very Italian, like when you're in Italy, when they're always asking you, what did you eat for, you know, lunch? What did you eat for dinner? Yeah, so good. I've absolutely loved today. I, uh, once again, it just feels like we're having a chat in the lounge room with a cup of tea. And I'm so proud that we're able to record this and share it. I just want to acknowledge, um, strip it back in its entirety. Renee, did you know that we cracked the thousand mark just recently? Yes, we have. We're over a thousand downloads. And that mm. is, thank you. Thank you for all our listeners yeah. and feedback. So if you are enjoying what we're doing and our new format with getting some other people on to share the love, please pop a review in the uh, Apple podcast because what that allows us to do is to share the love with lots of other people as well. Mm. So thank you, Jess, for being on this episode to announce that. Exciting. I know. I'm really proud of us. It's it. We we often sit there and say this is the easiest most natural magical thing we do and i'm so i just love it so thank you again renee for being my awesome co-host thank you jess for you know just opening up and sharing your story and contributing to what renee and i are creating so thank you what a beautiful beautiful way to wrap up our episode today thank you Bye, all right well we we can't wait to uh, chat again soon and thank you again for listening see you later for tuning in to strip it back and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you could kindly leave us a review 